Hello and how are you? This is Alice coming to you from Total Health Academy where we talk about all things Total Health. So today we're going to continue with a, a list of um, our drugs. This year I committed to talking about the most commonly used drugs. So far I have talked about three of the most commonly used drugs. The first one is um, atorvastatin, which is a cholesterol medication. That is the number one used drug in the world. I think number two, I don't remember what number two was. But you know, if you scroll down, you will find it. I think it's either levothyroxine, the thyroid medication. And number three is metformin. Now, I have tipped two podcasts on metformin, so I'm not going to mention that again for now because there's nothing new to mention, but it is the number three used drug in the world. Now, the number four used drug in the world is what we're going to talk about today, and it is a blood pressure medicine, and it's no other medication than ricinopril. So most of you are probably familiar with this drug. It is commonly used in high blood pressure. It is not the first line of therapy, but if you have diabetes and you have, if you have diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and you have high blood pressure, most likely you will be on this drug. So let's talk about it. I will start with the black box warning on this medication. This medication cannot be taken when someone is pregnant. So if you're pregnant, it's contraindicated. The drug should be discontinued ASAP once pregnancy is detected. It can cause fetal mortality, that is the baby in utero. When the baby is still a fetus, it can die. So when taking this medication. Um, if you're breastfeeding, it can cause neonatal morbidity. That is um, diseases that can affect a newborn child. Neonatal is a newborn child. Fetal is a fetus. Okay, so that's that about that. So this drug directly works on, there is a system in your kidneys. The system is called the lenin angiotensin system. I know this is a lot of science and most people are not familiar with those kind of terms. But I usually try to go a little bit deeper when I'm talking about drugs. Just so I can talk about um, what's needed to be known um, a little bit more in depth because most people take medication and they don't know what the medication does in their body and that's not okay some people take medication they don't even know the name of it <laughs> believe it I have talked to several several people and they'll come and tell me yeah I have high blood pressure and I'm taking medication for it and the first thing I ask is, what kind of medication are you taking? Because there's so many medications for high blood pressure. And they're like, well, I don't know. 
it is the brood pill or the green pill, I'm like, that's, that's a no-no. If you're taking medication, you really need to know what you're taking. You need to know the name, you need to know the dose, and you also need to know what the medication is doing inside your body. The last thing you should know is the side effects. You know, because if you don't know what you're taking and you start having side effects, then you're going to be at a loss because you, you, you wouldn't even know what's happening to you. You will probably go back to the doctor and start complaining about something else. And guess what? You will get put on another medication. So instead of taking one drug, you'll be taking two, you know, one for the side effects and one for the other whatever we were treating in the first place. So it's important to know what the medication is doing in your body. So I will try to be, um, I will try to explain this simply because this is, it's complicated. So what Lenin does, it is an enzyme. Lenin is an enzyme that is produced by the kidneys and is, is also stored in the kidneys. And what it does, it promotes the production of another protein that's called agiotensin. Now, agiotensin is a long word and it's not a common word, but actually the origin of agiotensin is Greek. <laughs> Sometimes the medical industry likes to use Greek words. Sometimes they use Italian words. And agio just means blood vessel, agio. Um, tensin is tension. So you see, it's not as complicated as most people think. So agio means blood vessel and tensin means tension, you know, tension in the blood vessel. So that's what this um, Lenin enzyme is trying to do. The main function of this Lenin enzyme is to regulate blood pressure. So see, it's not complicated. And it works on that system called the Lenin Agiotensin system. Now that's not complicated, right? I hope so. And the, what it usually does, this system, it kind of regulates your blood pressure. So when you're in um demand mode, I will call it a demand mode. When um you know, your body senses stress that is a challenge of any kind, it will, your body is going to sense it. Chemicals are going to come from the brain and they're going to be transferred to your kidneys and the kidney will start producing this or releasing this lenin. And then it will work on, um, it will work on this uh, geotensin enzyme and it will cause another enzyme to be released, which is called agiotensin 2, so don't get confused, there's agiotensin 1 and agiotensin 2. And what that is going to do, and these are just enzymes that are being released, this is a chemical reaction that's going on inside your body, it's going to constrict your blood vessels. So constriction means it's going to tighten your blood vessels so it can raise your blood pressure, so you can meet the challenge at hand. Because if you don't have this type of energy, you're not going to be able to do the job that you, or, or deal with the challenge that you're dealing with. Now, 
uh, sometimes the challenge, most people are not aware where the, the challenge is coming from. All they know is that their blood pressure is going up and it's staying up and they don't know why. Because, you know, 95% of people who suffer from high blood pressure, they suffer from a blood pressure type that is called primary hypertension or primary high blood pressure. Primary hypertension is also known as idiopathic hypertension. This is 95% of people all over the world who have high blood pressure. Idiopathic hypertension means it's a blood pressure coming from unknown causes. So this is a disease that's coming from a cause that is now known. And I actually love to talk about this because let me tell you something. Nothing comes from nowhere. It is coming from somewhere because nothing can be created by nothing. It is coming from somewhere. And that is something we can talk. If you ever want to know where your blood pressure is coming from, the root cause of it, that is something I can actually help you with. But I usually do that on a deep dive. Uh, I do it on a one-to-one basis because everybody is different and whatever is causing your blood pressure to go up is different. So that is something I like to do one-on-one and uh, I can help you deal with the root cause so you can heal. If you don't deal with the root cause, most likely you'll be taking medication for the rest of your life. And this is what the case is in most situations. So people take these medications for the rest of their life. And ricinopril is the number four used drug in the world. So what Lenin does, when Lenin is released, it's released primarily by the, primarily by the kidneys to stimulate uh, the formation of angiotensin, which is another enzyme <clears throat> in the blood and tissues of the body, which in turn stimulates the releasing of aldosterone, which is another enzyme from the adrenal cortex. And adrenal cortex are glands that sit on top of your kidneys. Both kidneys have this adrenal gland which when it releases aldosterone, it controls the levels of sodium and potassium in the body. It kind of gets rid of the sodium and it holds on to potassium in the body and that's how it controls your blood pressure. You probably, years ago, when people had high blood pressure, we used to tell them to take a, a low sodium diet to watch their salt intake and it was coming from that understanding because the medication we're going to give you eventually is going to control that sodium. And they kind of thought that, um, I, I think they still think like that today, uh, they kind of thought that sodium actually increased your blood pressure, but, but actually that's not true. I even saw a research somewhere because black people are um, very prone to high blood pressure the research said that black people are more sensitive to salt. And I was like, what a lie. Because that is a lie straight out. And so it's, salt is not the one that's causing the problem. But I guess to fix the problem on the physical level, mm-hmm, and that's a hint, on the physical level, to fix the problem, let's get rid of the sodium. And that's what the medication is actually trying to do. 
So ricinopril is a, um, there is a group of medications um, and the subclass is called agiotensin converting enzyme inhibitor because it's trying to prevent that enzyme from being converted so it doesn't cause all this reaction that is going to regulate your blood pressure and increase your blood pressure up. So this is what the drug is trying to do. It's trying to prevent this system from happening. Agiotensin converting enzyme inhibitor. Inhibitor is something that prevents. So it inhibits the agiotensin converting enzyme by interfering with the conversion of that agiotensin 1 enzyme so it doesn't go on to become agiotensin 2 which is a very powerful vasoconstrictor a vasoconstrictor vasoconstrictor just means blood vasoconstriction or blood vasoconstricting activity so agiotensin 2 is a very powerful vasoconstrictor is the one that raises your blood pressure and that's what the medication is trying to do it's actually trying to prevent that whole process from happening hence uh, that's the way it regulates your blood pressure other drugs in this subclass you probably know of a few but ricinopril is the one that's most usually used other medication that does the same thing is Visotac, Capotin, Monopril, Cestril, Lotensin. Lotensin is another one that's commonly used. I've seen a few people on that. Enapril, Acupril, Altis, etc., etc. There is quite a number of drugs in this category. So it's used basically to control for high blood pressure used to control that it is also used to control um or to um for people who have heart failure with reduced ejection flexion uh to kind of um kind of take care of your heart because uh, if your heart is not having enough energy to pump the blood if they think if they lower the tension in the blood vessels, it can be a little easier on the heart. So heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. Ejection fraction is the volume of blood that is pushed out of your heart with each heartbeat. Uh, that's not complicated to understand. If your ejection fraction is over 70%, Usually they do this when they do an echocardiogram. They take pictures of your heart. It's like an ultrasound of your heart. They can measure this, the volume, very easily. If it's above 70%, that is high function. If normal function is really between 55 and 70%. So if, if the doctor ever tells you that your ejection fraction is 55 to 70%, it, it means it's okay. Um, if it's low function, is 40 to 55 that's low function and they determine that you have heart failure when your ejection fraction is the less than 40 percent so it is used for heart failure with reduced ejection fraction it's also used for acute myocardial infarction and that's another long name but really all that it means um acute myocardial infarction it just means acute heart failure so if you get taken to the hospital with heart, um, 
heart attack sorry myocardial infarction is actually a heart attack it's not heart failure uh if you get taken to the uh to the emergency room with chest pain and they say that you have heart failure that's what it is um that is acute myocardial infarction acute heart attack okay i keep con messing up with the words you know because i just talked about heart failure and now i'm talking about heart attack those two things are different those are two separate diagnoses so the drug is used for high blood pressure. It is used for heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, and it's also used with acute heart attacks. Okay, now I got it straight. The number four reason why this drug is used, it can be used for migraine headache, prophylaxis. Prophylaxis just means prevention. So it can be used for migraine prevention. Those people who have... um acute mi migraine attacks or frequent migraine attacks. They may get put on this drug uh, to prevent that. But actually, all these things, high blood pressure, uh, heart failure, even heart failure, if you have heart failure, it can be improved. So that's the good news. Uh, we can prevent heart attacks. But if a heart attack happens, we can prevent a next one from happening. Once you deal with the root cause, your body can heal. So the same thing with migraine. If you have frequent migraines, there's something, honestly, that you're doing wrong. Uh, there are two types of migraines. There is the common migraines that comes from mm, tension. <laughs> That's why they're giving you high blood pressure medicine <laughs> for that. Um, there is also another type of migraine, which is called the classic migraine. That is a direct attack. You know, migraine with aura. That's an attack. Um, and I'm not going to expound on that. If you ever want to deal with migraines so you can stop having migraines, I can sh tell you how to. So you stop using medication because every medication we give you, it has side effects. And this is the whole reason why I'm, I am expounding on these drugs because you need to know these things. Um, serious reactions that can happen when you're taking these drugs is anaphylactic reaction that is like, um, an allergic reaction. It can also cause angioedema of the head and neck. Agio, remember we talked about angiotensin. Agio means vessel. It's, it's a blood vessel. So angioedema is, means that swelling beneath, inside the blood vessel, you can have swelling. Usually when you see somebody with angioedema, there is a swelling that happens below the skin where the blood vessels are. It can also cause angioedema of the intestinal tract. That's not a good thing. Angioedema of the head and neck is not a good thing, you know. Um, angioedema of the intestinal organs is not a good thing at all. It can cause severe problem. There is another reaction that this drug can cause, which is Stevens, uh, Steven Johnson syndrome, which is a bad adverse reaction. It's, it's almost like, it looks like a burn all over the body and it's really serious you will be in the hospital with this one uh, it can also cause toxic epidermal necrosis this is where tissues start to die below the skin it can cause hypotension this is um and they say it can cause severe hypotension this is where your blood pressure drops too low now remember it's trying to get rid of the medication actually works by trying to get rid of the sodium and retaining the potassium. It can also cause too much 
potassium to be retained, which will cause another condition that's called hyperkalemia. Hyperkalemia just means you have too much potassium in your blood, and that can affect your heart. That is not a good thing to have. Um, so your doctor, if you're on this drug, your doctor will definitely be monitoring your blood to make sure that you don't have high potassium in your blood. It can also cause, now remember it's actually working in the kidneys to stop this whole process. The learning angiotensin system is, is, is all happening in the kidneys. It can cause leno impairment and leno failure. What that means is just kidney impairment or kidney failure. When you have kidney failure, that's how people end up on dialysis. But don't worry, because a small dose is really not going to cause it. And we find that people who are diabetic, they get put on a small dose of this medication, even when their blood pressure is not high. Because most people with um, type 2 diabetes or any other kind of diabetes or type 1, they end up with impaired kidney function. And they end up on dialysis, really. Uh, because sugar can damage your kidneys in a big way. So if they give you a small dose of this um, medication, it's going to preserve your kidney function. And, but they only give you a small dose. So higher doses can cause problems with your kidney. It can also cause lipa, liver, sorry, hepatoxicity. That's what I was going to say, but that just means liver toxicity. Um, it can damage your liver. It can cause a condition called agro, ag, ag, <laughs> um, I'm not going to even try to pronounce this, agranulocytosis, agranulocytosis, I think I got that. Some of these um, scientific terms, I have challenges with them. Sometimes I have to pro, uh, pronounce, practice how to pronounce them, agranulocytosis. That is a very long word. Uh, it just means it can cause a serious uh, decrease in your white blood cells. Uh, some types of the white blood cells, which are neutrophils, basophils, eosinophils. Neutrophils, that condition is called neutropenia. Yes, it can cause that too. And uh, when your neutrophils are low, it, it puts you at risk for serious infection because now it's disabling your soldiers, your white blood cells are the soldiers that fight. If you get an infection in your body, they can fight to tackle that infection. Now they're going to be weakened because you're taking a medication. Say like if you get something like COVID-19, um, you can get a serious um, uh, infection because your white blood cells are not working. Uh, it can cause pancreatitis. That is... Um, uh, inflammation of the pancreas. It can also cause another condition that's called SIADH, which is syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone, uh, hormone secretion. That's what that means. SIADH, syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone secretion. That's a whole can of worms. It's a whole disease by itself. I'm not going to get into details about it, but basically what it causes, it causes the body to retain more water. Now, remember, we're trying to get rid of the sodium <laughs> so we can decrease your blood pressure. But now this drug can also cause water retention. And if it causes water retention, you, you're going to have uh, increased weight. 
another whole can of worms. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but just know that that's a serious condition to have as well. And the most commonly um, side effects that you see with this drug, I just finished mentioning the serious ones. So now let's quickly tackle this common ones. That will be dizziness, hypotension. We already mentioned that, but the, in the serious part, it can be severe hypotension. But in the common part, it can be just regular hypertension. That is low blood pressure. Uh, it can also cause um, kidney impairment. Remember we talked about that? So your BUN, this is how the doctor looks at kidney function. When they do your chemistry, your BUN and creatinine may be increased. So that, that will start signaling uh, impaired kidney function. There is also another part that they look at. The, it's called the filtration fraction of your kidneys, how well your kidneys are filtering the blood. Because listen, your kidneys work like um, a filter. You know, they get rid of the toxins and they retain what they need to retain, the good stuff. That's what dialysis does. It's just a machine that does what the kidneys is supposed to do. So, impaired kidney function. We mentioned that before, but we're going to mention again because it's a common reaction. Headaches. Now, remember this drug can be used for migraines. Migraines is a type of a severe headache, but commonly it can cause headaches. You know, that's a common reaction. We talked about increased potassium. That's also a common reaction. Uh, we did not talk about upper respiratory infection, but we did talk about uh, the decreasing of your white blood cells, which are the soldiers of your body, the ones that fight infection. So upper respiratory infection, that is your common colds, your flu, your um, COVID-19. It can put you at risk to get those. So, and it's common because it's a common reaction. It can also cause something that is very annoying for most people, and they usually get talked to their doctor and they get taken off this medication. Some people have a dry, hacking cough. This is not an infection. It's just some chemical that's being retained in your lungs, and it irritates your lungs, and it causes a dry, hacking cough. Most people can deal with it, but the majority of people are not able to deal with it. It's very annoying, and they usually ask the doctor to take them off this medication. Now, if they get taken off for that reason, there is another fashion of this drug that is not as strong. We're not going to talk about that today, but they can give you another fashion of it. Um, yeah. So, anyway... The, we're still talking about the common reaction. It can also cause fatigue, abdominal pain, uh, photosensitivity. Photosensitivity is where people are actually allergic to visible sunlight, visible light or sunlight. You know, their skin reacts to that. So it can cause that. And so if people go out in the summer, they have to use sunscreen use eyeglasses because their skin actually reacts to visible light or sunlight. Uh, it can also cause another condition that's called hyperuricemia. Hyperuricemia is nothing but increased uric acid in the blood. So this is usually caused by 
metabolic disorder or metabolism disorder and it causes reaction it causes diseases like gout you have probably heard about gout arthritis so when your uric acid is elevated in the blood it can cause pain in your toes you know your big toe especially and that's gout like disorder it can uh, gout can also cause you know or this increased uric acid can cause nausea and vomiting it can also cause kidney stones it can cause yeah so anyway that's all that i had for you um about this medication i pray that i have said something that is of value to you something that can help you and if you need to know more about even other drugs I'll be more than happy to help you. Uh, if you need to know how to get rid of these diseases, I can help you. But I usually don't tell people to stop taking medication because there is work that needs to be done. If you want to heal, you need to deal with the root, the root of the problem. The only issue is that most people don't like to read and most people don't like to do anything. Most people, I guess it's really very passive. If When you're told that you have a problem, it's very passive to just take a pill, you know? That's the easy part. The hard part is dealing with the root of the problem. Most people don't like to read. Most people don't like to spend time investigating things. But thank God, that's what I love to do. I love to do a thorough investigation because I know that your body can heal. And I can help you if you need to do that. So I do not tell people to stop taking their medication. I know that was a very long list of things you probably didn't want to hear. Um, but if you deal with the problem, the same doctor who put you on the same medication will look at how you're doing. They will look and see that your blood pressure is getting better. They, and they will take you off the medication. So that's what I can help you with. But yes, I do not encourage people to stop taking their medication. They do need to take their medication until they deal with the issue. And the funny thing is nobody else can do this for you. Only you can do it. So how can you get in touch with me? Well, I'll give you my email, which is alicemonua at hotmail.com. That's an old email. Alice is spelled A-L-I-C-E. Monua is M-U-N-Y-U-A at hotmail.com. I can also give you another email, which is totalhealthglobal1962 at gmail.com. Totalhealthglobal1962 at gmail.com. The only downside is I don't check my email but once a week. Um, so I can promise to get back to you quickly. But if you want, you can actually um, get in touch with me on Facebook. Just inbox me. I check that every single day. And if you're listening to this podcast on WhatsApp, you probably already have my number. So feel free to get in touch with me and we can talk. Okay, God bless you.